It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Brandon, happy uh, post-Halloween. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing pretty good. Hall- Halloween was good this year. Little girl went as Ariel. And nice. The boy was a pumpkin. Classic. Perfect. Baby costume yep. there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, good, man. Yeah, good Halloween weekend. Gamecocks had a nice victory against Vanderbilt. Can't take that yep. one for granted. No, not you no. Know, anytime you can get an SEC win, man, that's that you got to, you know, you, you you need that one, man. That was one of those ones yeah. we needed to make sure we got because we're still, we're, bowl bowl eligibility is not exactly the most clear path right now for us, so we needed that win. Yeah, App State, A and M, Clemson. It's uh, yeah, yeah we got to win two out of three. So <laughs> tall order. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But no, that was good. That was a that was a big win. We needed that um, fun weekend. Uh, weather this weekend was nice, but it was not nice on Halloween, man. It was it was interesting hearing the tornado sirens you know as the wet as it got dark and it's on halloween it's almost kind of like creepy and like almost perfect for halloween yeah yeah we made it like three houses for the bottom fell out and then three more once the rain stopped but luckily my little girl was only three so she she was good with it that's perfect man yeah well we also in the field of pt had some interesting stuff going on man so it looks like uh we as you predicted uh you know a couple weeks ago we uh, did not uh you know we were not able to combat the uh cms ruling so it looks like we're going to get a pretty significant significant uh cut uh eight percent in uh to be matter of fact yeah man that's that's terrible um yeah eight percent across the board medicare that's that's a that's a huge cut and the APTA's reaction was just that they were extremely disappointed. Didn't really talk about what they were going to do about it. Yeah. If they can do anything. I mean, again, you got to look at historically, we typically get run all over, but right. I don't know. I mean, they were, they were commenting about how there was over 17,000 comments and blah, blah. blah. I, I question that strategy because I think about like my email, like it gets flooded with spam and how is 17,000 emails the exact same thing going to get through to anybody? You know, it's like copy and yeah. pasted documents and stuff, but you know, I, for, for us, it's, it's going to be business as usual. I mean, we have a good enough pair mix that our people aren't going to necessarily feel the impact, but you know, with that said, I got a few ideas to, to soften that blow, but across the board, I was just reading stuff online. I think obviously it's very raw right now. People are upset, but there's people talking about how their businesses, their business relies a lot on Medicare and it has 4% profit margins. So gosh, I mean, you do the math on that. It's going to yeah. be shut down layoffs, that kind of thing. 
And we, I think when Corey was on here, we talked about how you might see some golden parachutes. People are going to sell probably to hospitals because they're not probably going to feel the hit quite as much. Um, right. I think what I think what you'll probably see is people are just going to gain the system. People that were already triple booking are going to quadruple book, and it's just going to be a freaking mess. Um, yeah. Man. Then you'll probably also see people get out of network or Medicare as well too. Yeah. And I think that like the what's that quote? Never let a good crisis go to waste. Winston Churchill. And I think that you'll probably see when these elderly people don't have places to go. You might see people in like the fitness and personal trainer world, like take advantage of that. And I don't yeah. know if I were a savvy personal trainer, I'd, I'd open up a place catered to that. I don't know, call it like Medicant fitness or something like that. But um, <laughs> man, hopefully we'll get oh, some man. answers from the APTA. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, man. You know, it, it's one of those things too. It's like, you know, a lot of times the private payers uh, tend to use Medicare as their guide. So it worries me a little bit that is this going to be a, the start of a, you know, a little bit of a snowball maybe. Yeah. It, it could be, man. I, I, yeah, it's, I mean, typically you, you see that TRICARE does what Medicare does, and then you see the private payers do what they do. So who, who knows? Who knows? I, I don't think the sky is necessarily falling, but it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, especially since we just went through that, that PDPM aftermath where you saw like 10,000 physical therapists across the nation lose their jobs overnight. So it's been a, man, it's been a rough month. I know, man, that's a, it, it's, it's tough for the profession too. I think um, the, the best thing we can do is just continue to exhibit our value and, and uh, do the best we can for the people in front of us and then hope that our uh, you know, leadership in some of these areas can, can maybe be a little bit more effective and continue to, to fight for us and, and you know, maybe we'll uh, you know, be able to hold on to the current things we do and you know, we do have. Yeah. That or it's time to drain the swamp, boys. That or we got to yeah. union up. Got to do something extreme. Yeah, that, that, I saw some people pushing for that too. Um, I don't know. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts there? I, I have honestly, I'm not super qualified to top, talk on that topic. I really don't know exactly what all that would entail. Um, right. But it's interesting. I think something extreme is going to have to be done because still yep. ain't getting any cheaper and reimbursements. No, not it's, it's not, going man. down. You, you, you can't do that forever. So something's got to yep. change and we got to figure it out. Yeah. Well, uh, that was definitely a, a somber note for the weekend. Um, you know, never, never good to see that kind of thing, but you know, it, life goes on. Um, time to, you know, get back to work on Monday. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we got a, we got a, we got a year to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. We got about, got about a year. Um, but yeah. So um, again, yeah, moving away from that and into something a little more fun to talk to talk about, man, we'll talk, uh, talk about uh, the CrossFit open. So we are at the time of this recording, finishing up week four of five in the open. And for those, you know, I think we talk about CrossFit enough on here. For those who do not know what the open it is, a five-week online competition for, uh, you know, any and all ability levels uh, to, you know, put your name in the in the hat and into the ring and, and perform these workouts to release every week on Thursday evening, Eastern time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And you have until 5 p.m. Eastern on that next Monday uh, to submit your score. Uh, and uh, they're fun, man. They're fun workouts. You know, again, we're four in. We've got one more. Um, and this is, um, you know, this is the Super Bowl for a lot of uh, a lot of people that I work with, and a lot of people um, that you know we see in clinic too that you know are are doing CrossFit, for, you know, competing in it because uh, you know a lot of times you know your average gym goer is doing this too. It's not just somebody who's treating it as a sport. It's something the whole gym rallies around. It's a a great opportunity to see kind of how your fitness is progressing, but also. Um, see how you're doing relative to 
other people your age or other people who have the same occupation as you. Uh, so it's a pretty cool uh, event, right? And so you and I have been involved with CrossFit for a very, very long time. Um, I think my first open was in 2013. I started, you know, in the summer of 2012. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, it's been a while. Um, and it, mm -hmm. it, it changes every year. And there's some nuances to, to this year that we'll get into too. But um, yeah, man, uh, you know, I guess we start a little bit with, um, you know, what we think overall about the open, right? Should people do the open? Brandon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think like you said, it's, it's cool to use it as a test to test your fitness and just see where you measure up with anybody you want to across that leaderboard, you know, against the world. But, you know, with, with that said, though, I, I, talking about expectations, right? So if you're going to sign mm -hmm. up for the open and just thinking about what all it actually takes to get to that, that next level um, going to, well, it's different now. I was about to say going to regionals, but it's the sanctionals now. But I guess my question for you is, you know, is the leaderboard actually a measure of success for the average person who's not going to go to the games? Yeah. I mean, that is a conversation I have to have with, uh, you know, uh, pretty much every single client that I work with that that does the open is, you know, what is success for us? What are some realistic expectations here? Because, you know, arguably the only people satisfied on the leaderboard are that top, you know, top 20 that, that make it to the games uh, out of the open. So, you know, most individuals are going to look at it and not be satisfied based on just their, their placing there. And for me, it's, it's more about um, the process and, and showing off all the hard work that somebody's put in and, and being able to achieve things they weren't able to do before. Um, and, and, you know, the person that they've become and, and how much healthier they are because of different lifestyle changes. It's, it's setting them up for, for success by, by framing it in a way of like, Hey, you know, this is an opportunity for us to show how, you know, how all that hard work that you've put in is paying off. And so, um, you know, that's, that's really where I try to focus it with a lot of individuals because, you know, the placing on the leaderboard, it's so arbitrary, man. Um, you know, it, you don't know who's all going to compete. You don't know what's going to come out of the hopper. You know I mean? And that's, that's great. Don't get me wrong. Cause that's what they're trying to figure out. But you know, if someone comes in and their previous queen and jerk was, you know, 235 pounds as a male and they got one queen and jerk at 275 pounds in this last, uh, this last open workout, you know, under fatigue at the end of a workout, like, to me, that is an extreme amount of progress, but that score is going to be in the thousands on the leaderboard, right? And if we only mm -hmm. use the leaderboard as our measure for success, you know, most of the time it will lead to some disappointment. And it's more about like, okay, are we continually improving and using those workouts to kind of demonstrate that improvement? And then also using those workouts as a way to help drive training afterwards, because it's going to allow us to, again, see one, if this is a sport for the individual, what is the sport requiring? What are the demands of this sport? What do we need to be able to do? Two, what are the people that, you know, we, um, you know, that you're, that you're competing against, what are they showing is, you know, you know, their ability level, what are they able to do with that's leading to their success? And then, and then kind of a third thing too, is like, okay, well, relative to where we thought you would perform well, you know, what areas did we, do we see that would need for improvement? And so, you know, essentially it's just more data to help drive training. Uh, but you're right. If you just use a leaderboard, um, that can be, you know, disappointing for, again, the vast majority of individuals. So it's more about having that conversation. What is really success when it comes to the open and then how are we going to use these you know these scores this data to help continually improve in the offseason yeah and that's kind of like a, a metaphor for a lot of things in life too because whether it's sport related job related school something like that it's it's the journey right that's that's where the stories are that's where the fun is you know i think mm -hmm. once you kind of reach the end of something a goal a pinnacle that kind of thing too you're just like okay what's next right so uh, yeah. definitely 
keeping that in mind for the rest of the year. If you're not one of the top 20 people in the world, that's going to the games. Yeah. And there's a, there's a great book um, called the only way to win uh, only way to win by Jim. La- I think it's Jim Lair. I think you say you say his last name. Um, it was a book that I had listened to a podcast one time with CJ Martin, the guy who owns Invictus fitness out in San Diego. who's a high, high level CrossFit coach, been in the game for a long time. He had said something about how he has a lot of his athletes read that book. And it is mm-hmm. wonderful about, um, you know, framing success and it you know gives countless examples of individuals who have experienced success in their field or what we would determine success and they didn't find that fulfillment and it was because their their idea of what success was and what would make them happy really wasn't what 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 they needed and it was you know it kind of helps you realize and, and shift your focus onto the process and the day to day and and, uh, and that kind of thing. So it's a really great book too for people who are struggling with that is you know I love referring that book to them that it's called the only way to win. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Man. I'll have to but, check that one out for sure. Yeah, man. So we got, you know, the open this year was um, interesting. You know, uh, it has been, uh, you know, as always, there's a few different, uh, you know, nuances, new things that they like to throw in, but um, there are some underlying themes that were similar uh, to past years. Um, and I want the way I wanted to kind of go through this was to kind of start at the beginning and it's, it's thinking like, okay, if you've decided you want to do the open, say next year, you know, what does life look like or training look like leading into it, right? So um, we're taking ourselves back to maybe, you know, August, you know, for at the time of this podcast, if it's, you know, we're in, you know, the beginning of November now, we're back into August. And, and one of the big things I like to focus on here is as you're leading up into the open, since the actual competition takes place in your home gym with the same people you're always around at the time you want it to take place, right? Whether that be your gym doing a Friday night lights or, or it be the class workout on Saturday or, you know, you train in the morning. So you're doing it Friday morning, whatever it might be, you have a little more control here uh, on when you'll be performing these workouts. And, 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 you know, and what we need to do from a training perspective is starting to cater to that. So if you know your gym is going to be doing Friday night lights and you're going to be doing it Friday night, or you're going to be doing the announcement right after, uh, or the workout right after it's announced on Thursday, and you never work out in the evening. That is a little bit of a mismatch there that we want to start addressing in the training leading up, right? So we want to have a really consistent routine developed by the time that first workout is released. You think that, you know, you hear it all the time with say like, you know, fighters and mixed martial artists and boxers that, that go on pay-per-view at midnight, you know, they adjust their lives to revolve around being able to go at that same time that they will be fighting or in the ring. And that's the same thing here. If you are expecting to do well in these workouts and you're used to training at five in the morning and all of a sudden you have an 8 p.m. start time for your first open workout, probably not going to feel the greatest when you first go into it. So um, for me, I like to talk to people, okay, when will you be doing the workouts? Okay, uh, your gym does it on Friday nights. I would start start adjusting some training schedules if we can. You know, sometimes life gets in the way. Ideally, we, we're going to be working out and doing some intense, intense pieces at about that same time to get the body used to being prepared for that. And that is not just from a training perspective. It then becomes getting prepared from a nutrition perspective and a sleep perspective and a recovery uh, perspective too. So if you're going to be doing, say, a Friday afternoon workout, I, I would love to get that person training at that time, get them working some intensity at that time, again, building into that, and then also dialing in their nutrition the day of leading into that training session and what's going to happen immediately after and get that routine nailed down. So, you know, people like, you know, think that this is more for athletes, but you know, some of my people who take, you know, do the open for fun, 
you know, I, they still want to do well. So I'm going to still suggest some of these things. And obviously life gets in the way. And sometimes, you know, they're not going to be able to make these adjustments. But, you know, I'm still going to suggest, you know, hey, if we really want to try to perform well, let's see if we can start adjusting our schedule a little bit and, and really all the things around that. So that way, when that first workout comes out, we are prepared. You have your routine down. You know exactly what you're going to be eating and, you know, when you're going to be eating and, you know, what the recovery looks like. And so there's no surprises and you feel good week one. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that that whole concept of just replicating the the conditions, the time of the day, the environment, the nutrition, that kind of thing is such a simple concept that a lot of people just don't think about, especially if they didn't have a background growing up playing sports, things like that, too. But my only question or caveat to that is what about whenever they want to do a second attempt? Right. So you yeah. got you got to get it done by what Monday night. Yeah, so that's that's the other thing. If you are some that that gets into a whole another conversation of to repeat or not to repeat. Um, and so, uh, you know, if you are somebody who is this is very serious for you, you know, repeating is necessary it, it now at the top because you know obviously if you do crush it the very first time and you don't need to repeat it, that's great. But at the, when you're talking about you know, potentially one rep equaling hundreds or thousands of places, if you truly are trying to qualify, then it becomes, you have to have plan for a repeat. And if you don't need the repeat, that's a bonus, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are certain situations where that's not the case. You know, somebody who knows that they are, they're very hot talented, but they know they're going to go on a team or whatever it might be, or they're, they've just told themselves, Hey, I'm prioritizing other things. I'm going to do these workouts one time for most other individuals. If they're trying to be competitive, there will probably be a repeat attempt. Um, and you you know, because almost always, you know, barring some unforeseen circumstances or lack of recovery between attempts, the changes in strategy oftentimes will result in a better performance because you know what to expect, know what to feel, that kind of thing. You can adjust how you're going to approach the workout. Um, so if that's the case, then yeah, you want to make sure you're getting the workout done earlier in that window to give you enough time to recover between attempts. Um, so mm -hmm. my individuals that are going to be repeating or I think are will most likely need repeat attempts, we have to also have their, their Sunday or Monday prepared, um, you know, depending on what day they're going to be able to do it. Somebody who they know I'm not going to be able to work out on Monday prior to that, that deadline. I think it's actually, actually, I think it's 8 p.m. on Monday too. So it's 8 p.m. and 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. I said 5 p.m. earlier. Uh, sorry, it's 8 p.m. Eastern on both. Um, they know they're not going to be able to do that on Mondays and they're going to have to do it on Sunday. Well, if they're not used to training on Sunday ever, and now all of a sudden they have to do an extremely important workout to them on Sunday. And, you know, they're, they're altering their routine. Now they're, they're no longer going to, you know, getting up and going to church in the morning and then the grocery store and then meal prepping, like their routines changed. Uh, you know, that can be an issue too. So, um, I, you know, for those individuals who I think might be repeating workouts, I'm going to also help them, uh, you know, try to structure the second half of that window, the Sunday, Monday time. So that way they're prepared for that repeat attempt. And then in training, it's the exact same thing. I'll build up their intensity at that time too. So their body's used to going hard on Friday, then going hard again Monday. Sometimes I'll even give them, if it's a low enough volume piece that I'm testing out, the same piece on Friday and Monday, and we'll treat it like an open workout where we'll, um, we'll actually strategize and see, okay, how did it go on Friday? What do we think we can do differently on Monday to improve, to kind of get in that mindset? If the volume of that actual piece is low enough that I'm comfortable with them doing it on two days, uh, or two days with only two days in between. Uh, so you can definitely, you know, get some strategy around those repeat attempts as well. So the thing about these open workouts, so these, these are grueling, right? I mean, these are the kind yeah. that leave you on the floor. So mm -hmm. if you're going to do your first attempt on Friday and repeat on Monday, what are your recommendations for what you do on those two days in between? 
two days. Yeah, man, that's yeah. And that's a, a, a huge part of this too, is how do you structure training around these tests? Because you know, at least one of your training days, you know what you're going to be doing. Um, and arguably for some people, two of your training days, you know what you're going to be doing. So for me, um, to treat it more globally, I will kind of create a little bit of a list of, you know, all the different things I think could come up in the open. And a lot of times it is um, past opens using that as a guide. Other skills I think could potentially be thrown in this year, uh, you know, that kind of thing or different variations of something they haven't tried. So for this year, we saw a dumbbell thruster and we'd see dumbbell work, but we hadn't seen a thruster yet. Um, so like how could they use a dumbbell or a kettlebell or something variation of a classic lift we have seen before, you know, that kind of thing and kind of start with a, like a, a, an idea of what is this person going to need to be able to do. And then when the workout actually comes out on Friday, right, I'm the, I'm usually trying to train, uh, if I can, if the person's able to train the next day, I'm training some of the opposing movement patterns. So for instance, there was a, uh, a workout that had, um, you know, a ton of, um, a ton of lower body uh, hinging. So the deadlift workout in 20.3. So probably not hinging the next day, right? But if I can, I'm going to try to get some squat work in. Um, there was some some pressing work in the day before. So I'm going to try to get some pulling in, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, trying to you know work more of like an opposing movement pattern that, you know, was not necessarily trained the day before. But really Saturday for me and Sunday, the, the most important thing, regardless of if you get some other training in with it, is the recovery aspect. It is making sure the person is ready to go for Monday, whether it be, a, another attempt or whether it be training again. And so for me, Saturday and Sunday, more importantly than anything, it's recovery first. And if I can get some training, because the person is resilient enough to handle some training volume in there, maybe on Saturday, like after, it's probably going to be a, an opposing movement pattern. So um, for me, a lot, a lot of easy aerobic work, um, you know, an active recovery, quote unquote, um, type piece there, um, you know, things that are like, you know, I want you to do five sets for even times or, or things where the effort is, you know, very aerobic across, um, you, know, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll give them a little, uh, you know, you know, bodybuilding type stuff, you know, especially as I did a bunch of deadlift and handstand pushups. Well, the next day, you know, we're going to hit some, we're going to do a little squat work and then we're going to get some curls in, man. We're going to get some curls in, get some abs in, do some easy blood flow work, have a little fun, um, and really focus more on the recovery aspect of it. And then also, you know, talk to them about, um, you know, what are we doing nutritionally during there? What are we doing sleep wise to make sure that we're ready to go again on Monday? Gotcha. So with, with that recovery, I mean, the goal is essentially just to, make sure we're combating doms and trying to feel good for that, for that repeat and that sort of thing too. But I would also imagine that the recovery would probably literally start immediately after workout as well too. Right. With yes. the cool down. Simple as that. Yeah. That's yeah. It's having a structured cool down. And so, you know, throughout the year too, we want to make sure we're enforcing or incorporating some type of cool down after some really intense pieces too, to help, um, you know, again, jumpstart that recovery there. If we have something that, you know, was a little bit more, you know, gnarly of a workout and we have some, you know, build up of some of those metabolites that you know, we want to start flushing some of that out. You know, we want to get some easy bike work afterwards or an easy walk afterwards, let the heart rate come down a little more gradually, uh, you know, trying to get into it immediately if possible. Um, and if somebody trains and does that in the morning, a lot of times I'll have them do a PM session later that day. That's a lot of, you know, around what I call around the world work or easy blood flow work where it's like a minute bike, a minute row, a minute ski, a minute jog, a minute of single unders, a minute, you know, uh, you know, 30 seconds of a bear crawl, you know, 
50 meter farmers walk, you know, just kind of moving around the world, easy blood flow work. Um, that's, that's, you know, definitely recovery in nature. That's low impact that, you know, you know, doesn't have a high volume of eccentrics. Um, you know, that can start immediately after. And then of, over the course of the weekend as well, because um, we know those little, you know, concentric contractions and moving blood is how we're going to recover, uh, you know, the best. Yeah. Passive modalities can make you feel a little better. So if you've got, the Normatec boots, you got the E-STEM, you know, units, you got some cups, you got side something kick. to scrape with, you got, yeah, sidekick, whatever you have. Body um, temperature. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's great, you know, use it, have some fun with it. Um, is it going to help? Yeah, it's going to probably make you feel a little bit better, but really we want to have an active component to our recovery as well, and so uh, a lot of times it's me programming in active recovery type movements and making sure I structure it appropriately so that way it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't add to the strain that they've already had, it's more of a, uh, you know, a something that's going to make them feel even, you know, more energized afterwards than when they started. Mm -hmm. So basically you finish your first attempt, you're laying on the floor. Don't just get in your car. Once your yeah. heart rate's calmed down, <laughs> that, that could yep. affect the amount of reps that you're going to get on Monday. Yeah. Get up, get moving, calm down more gradually. If you can get over to a bike, even if it's a very easy pedal. Um, and then yeah, Sunday and Monday are going to be, or I mean, Saturday and Sunday are also going to be a lot of that type of training too. It's not really, you know, much intensity on Saturday and Sunday too. We know Friday is our most intense day of the week, arguably Friday and Monday if people are repeating. So, um, for me, uh, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really focused on adding intensity, you know, anytime during the week. And it's more of, uh, you know, how can I get them ready again to, to either get back to another attempt or to train again on Monday. Mm -hmm. So we've got one more workout to go when this year's open. What have we not seen yet? What are you predicting? Oh, yeah. So we have not seen um, some of the uh, upper body pulling skills yet. So uh, we've had toes bar, we haven't had um, like a chest bar pull up, a bar muscle up, a ring muscle up, that kind of thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if we had that. Um, you know, I think that that could be, uh, a, you know, something that's, uh, again, the, near the end, a lot of times they try to have separators the last few weeks. So we saw pistols, you know, if you talk about, think about the first two weeks, the first week had, um, uh, power snatches or power or queen and jerks and burpees, which pretty much everybody would probably be able to do. Second one had toes to bar, which um, again, a, a, is a tough it's skill for, for some individuals, but uh, you know, more people are gonna be able to do toes to bar than they are something like a, like a ring muscle up. And then we moved handstand pushups a little bit harder. And then we moved into pistols, you know, again, you know, that's a, another higher level skill. And then now we're probably going to get something that's again, even higher level skills. So something like a muscle up or a higher volume of chest or pull ups, really trying to, um, you know, separate individuals. Um, as far as what it's going to be paired with, um, that'd be interesting because we've seen a lot of, of things that, you know, I would have already, I would have said might've saved for the end. A lot of times they like to save thrusters for the end, but we saw a dumbbell thruster earlier. So we might see that, uh, you know, barbell version and barbell thruster. We haven't seen a dumbbell snatch or dumbbell hang clean and jerk that we've seen in some previous years. So we might see that paired with the upper body pulling like a dumbbell snatch chest bar type workout. Um, you know, we have seen a heavier deadlift already uh, and a heavier clean and jerk. So I don't know if there's going to be another heavy, uh, heavier type of barbell. Um, I think it will probably be something that's a little bit lighter, a little bit faster. Um, so like a dumbbell snatch, chest to bar um, into maybe, maybe, maybe you have a muscle up too. Maybe you earn the muscle ups if you get far enough. Uh, I'm not sure. It should, uh, you know, usually the way I go about this is I have that, like I mentioned that 
bigger list of things that I think could come up. And then honestly, you're starting to crush cross things out. Oh, we also haven't seen wall balls yet. So we might have a little, might have some wall balls. Um, so I start crossing some things out, right? So, you know, we hit, we hit burpees, um, that first week. So the last couple of weeks, my athletes really haven't been doing a lot of burpees. There have been some movements that have been repeated, but it is much more rare for that to happen. So I'm kind of crossing things off. And so we're kind of left with things like dumbbell snatch, dumbbell hang, clean and jerk, maybe a lunging type variation, some kind of upper body pulling, um, you know, gymnastics piece, um, you know, that that's kind of, and wall balls, that's kind of where we're left. So um, for me, and, and, you know, it could be something like with a rower or something along that lines too. We haven't really seen um, anything that used a, a rower yet. So yeah. uh, when you have, you know, that kind of thing, as you cross those off, you're kind of limited in what you have left. So, you know, they're hitting the same movements. A lot of them are hitting the same movements this week, um, you know, as each other because it's what we have left. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. You never know what Dave's going Dave's to come out with. Yeah, these workouts have been longer, right? Longer aerobic pieces, that kind of thing, too. So, I mean, does, yeah, do, man, do, do, do you think this one's going to be a long <laughs> one, too, or are they just going to do the exact opposite and make it I don't know, man. I, th I think this is a perfect example. Everybody loves the, the quote-unquote intensity train, right? That's all we yeah. hear about is, oh, intensity this, intensity that, intensity that. And, yeah, I, I think that's great. For me personally, I'm more of let's build the base first and then we'll, we'll or, you know, quote-unquote earn the intensity, um, you know, with a really solid uh, base of strength and aerobic development. And then you, you know, again, you look at this, you know, these, these workouts, the first one for the vast majority of people was 10 to 15 minutes, which that means that effort was largely aerobic. Yeah. Did it burn a little bit at the end? Of course, but largely aerobic when it's that time domain. Um, the next mm -hmm. one, most people, you know, it was a 20 minute AMRAP. So, you know, again, 20 minutes, long time domain. The next one was nine minutes. And even though nine minutes is, um, you know, not crazy long, again, that still has a, a big kind of aerobic demand there, right? And the more aerobic we are in something like that, if we can turn those other types of contractions and make them more aerobic, we can push off anaerobic metabolism and push off the accumulation of those byproducts as much as we can. So having, you know, a, you know, higher threshold and being well-developed aerobically is going to help even in a nine minute workout. And then the, the, um, this past one, again, for most people is a 20 minute workout, you know, unless you finished it early or, you know, like you basically were able to complete the entire thing, or you just got stuck at some weight that, you know, you aren't going to be able to perform again, 20 minute workout potentially 15 20 minute workout um so these are these are long and that's not to mention how important the aerobic system is in recovery between intense efforts so your ability to go hard again monday is largely dependent on how well developed you are aerobically so um mm -hmm. for me i think it just you know we're we preach it a lot man we need basic resistance training and good solid aerobic development in the off season and then you can build that intensity and build into it um it doesn't take nearly as long to build uh, you know, build that part of the whole system uh, and, and prep that part of the system as it does to really develop aerobically and build and really develop maximum strength. So spend the time in the off season getting strong and building that base. Um, the intensity will be there and, and we can talk about, you know, on a different episode on how to, to prep that intensity. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen some things, especially lately where people have been proponents of intensity first, but I mean, you definitely you definitely make a case for having a strong aerobic base to where that yeah. enhances everything else you do, yeah. including and, the yeah, intensity as well. And, and I think right. that's where a lot of times those AM and PM sessions can can be beneficial for for building that up as well. Yeah. Too. I know that's something that you commonly program for your higher level athletes for sure. Yeah, if I can, man, I think and I don't want to hate on the intensity crowd because I think intensity is great too. But you know, I I think that if you want to perform your best, it is actually good to pull back on the intensity at 
certain periods of the year and actually focus on developing outside of that and then coming back to it. Um, you know, again, for a, I don't have a better, I don't have any better analogy other than like, if you're trying to build a pyramid, the wider, you, the, the larger the base, the taller you're going to be able to create the peak, you know? So if you can build that base up by getting freaking strong and being as aerobic as you can in the off season and then building into that and prepping that intensity appropriately. And we, we've talked about before on here, we can't again, intensity and, and anaerobic work should also be periodized as well. and can build off of each other and be progressed appropriately. Most people don't uh, you know, think of it that way, uh, but you can do that as well. Uh, you're more likely to perform well in, in the CrossFit open or anything that is, you know, that requires that kind of energy demand. So um, yeah, I think for this one, it just, this open proved it again, man. Like, don't be afraid to go long and slow, you know, long and slow is not, not the worst thing. And then learn how to actually do true aerobic work. Um, most people turn their aerobic work into more intensity work when really they need to actually sure. go slower than they think. Sure. So you yep. can't just do just random workouts all year round and expect to perform well and expect to be competitive in this, in this thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the, the, the top guys aren't doing that. You know, I'll, I'll, right. I'll tell you that I, I get to hang out sure. around enough of them now that, um, you know, we, I, I see that that's not what they're doing. Right. And mm -hmm. you know, if mm -hmm. you see just a random snapshot of what they're doing periodically, it might appear that's random, but you know, you can even go back and watch, you know, documentary of Rich Froning in 2014 or whatever of his training. And, you know, he'll talk to you about how he's progressing his training and how it's, it's, you know, it, it actually builds on it and how, you know, everybody thinks I'm not that smart, but I know what I'm doing. Um, and, and he's right. He knows a little bit more about what he's doing than people give him credit for. Um, sure. And I think that you don't get to that point without knowing that, you know? Um, and so, uh, and there's also a reason a lot of those people have brought in guys like Chris Henshaw and some other people who are experts mm -hmm. in say aerobic development because they know they need it. Um, so if that was, if, if you didn't need it, you wouldn't need guys like Chris Henshaw around. So, um, you know, I think that hopefully, you know, people see this and they realize it's okay to actually pull back on intensity and go, you know, a little bit slower and really build that base. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, for every PT out there listening, we know that the, the open this year is just a warm up for the real competition that's coming out. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's the, uh, that's the world's fittest physio cop. What March, April. Sometime in the yeah, spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna. It's gonna be in the spring. We're nailing down the uh, the time frame. We should get that to you shortly. All I know is why worry about if you can qualify for the CrossFit Games when you can win your very own championship belt. That's, that's right. all. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. The BMF. The BMF belt last night was a bust. Right. It got stopped because <laughs> yep. of a cut. Yeah. Like, this is the this mm -hmm. is the real BMF belt. Yeah. Uh, oh man. It, this... If you hadn't seen it yet, check out check out our Instagram. Vertex. Yeah. PT. Go to the Vertex PT Instagram. You can see it. It's it's a beautiful work of all art designed by the one and only Brandon Vaughn. It is his first, uh, you know, artwork I believe that is on display. Uh, and it was it's, it's beautiful. It's glorious. I've been waiting years for this. It would seem it would seem that a couple of our friends in Michigan have already claimed that title. Yeah, you know, there's uh, there's yeah, I mean, there's there's some good athletes up there, man. It's going to be interesting. I know, I, I there, I know some pretty fit PTs, man. I, I'm excited to see yeah. what happens here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, coincidentally, Michigan's also a state where they dec decriminalize marijuana. So I don't know what these guys were doing or, or thinking whenever they made that <laughs> statement, but that's oh, you know, that's why you play the game, right? That's why you do the workouts. So we'll yeah, see. all I know is if if Amanda Barnhart shows up, we all lose. So um, yeah. yeah, shout out to Amanda if she wants to participate. I would even comp her entry fee. 
to have her, <laughs> have her come into it. Just throwing that out there. Um, so yeah, there's some really fit PTs out, man. I think that, and that's the whole point of it, man, is to acknowledge and to show, you know, that, you know, we are, you know, if we're going to be the movement experts and we're going to be the, the, the experts on, you know, exercise and strength conditioning and that kind of thing, we also have to walk the walk a little bit mm-hmm. um, and, and put our money where our mouth is a little bit and, and not necessarily be the best at it, but, you know, you know, show that we also, uh, you know, understand what's going on and we put in the work ourselves and we, you know, we practice what we preach in a way. So, um, you know, even if, regardless of ability level, we hope we're setting this up to where we can get a ton of participation. So that's our goal is just have a bunch of people who love fitness and love helping people uh, all throwing down together. But there's a belt on the line too. But there's so, a belt on the line. So come out, show what you got, right. see if you can take it home. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, other than that, you guys got any courses coming up anytime soon? You wanted to plug? Yeah, we have body tempering in about three weeks, man, um, at the clinic, uh, November 23rd. Still some spots available if anybody wants to jump in on that. Plus, mm-hmm. I mean, the Columbia course is my favorite one because we get to go and hang out at Donnie's place. So, you know, that's always a, you know, a highlight getting to go to the, the what was the compound that's now the storage shed. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to love that. So go to compoundpr.com if you want to learn a little bit more about that or sign up for one. Um, and then, you know, hopefully – uh, another one in the early uh, early part of 2020 out in Portland at Chris Duffin's place, getting that coordinated. And then also, hopefully, Kyle and I are bringing the um, the uh, strength conditioning in the clinic course round two back, uh, hopefully in January as well. Uh, should it be announced in you know maybe that date here uh, shortly. Awesome, man! That's a lot of good things coming up. A lot of good things to learn and implement in the clinic. And that is all we got for this week. I hope y'all all enjoy the rest of the week and we will be back next Monday. And one last thing, if you liked the episode, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. That way we can reach more people. And if you have any questions, a topic that you want us to cover, or maybe a person that you think we should interview, hit us up on Instagram at Better Faster Podcast. You can also keep up with updates on our physical therapy and strength and conditioning businesses by giving us follows at Vertex PT and at Vertex Strength. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.